1: You're listening to Working, the podcast about what people do all day. I'm Jacob Brogan. This season on Working, we've been visiting the White House, chatting with some of the people who operate in and around the building about the particulars of their jobs. For this, our final episode of the season, we wanted to take a step back to look outside the building itself. Believe it or not, the White House is situated in a national park, and rangers with the Park Service maintain the grounds. We spoke with one of them, Jim Adams, who's the supervisory horticulturalist for the White House. Adams and his team look after a host of issues, from weeding and pruning to seasonal planting and snow removal. We sat with him for a bit in the White House's Kennedy Garden as planes flew overhead and the occasional truck drove past. There were enough insects buzzing in the air that Adams had to have bug spray brought out to keep the tiger mosquitoes off of us, but for all of that, it was a strikingly serene space, one that clearly takes a great deal of effort to maintain. Adams told us about some of those tasks and described the twists and turns of his own life that put him in a position to do them. He also went through his typical day to the extent that he has one and discussed his encounters with the presidential dogs as well as some of the other animals that call the grounds home. Then, in a Slate Plus Extra, Adams tells us about setting up the annual White House egg roll and other big events. Uh, Speaking of Slate Plus, there's never been a better time to sign up for Slate Plus uh, for Slate's 20th anniversary. For a limited time, we're offering 30% off an annual membership that's just $35 for a year of Slate Plus with bonus segments of this and other Slate podcasts every week and a lot more, uh, Slate Academies and all kinds of stuff. So if you haven't joined Slate Plus yet, sign up before this offer goes away at slate.com slash working plus and you can get a free two-week trial uh, there at that URL, slate.com slash working plus. So what is your name and what do you do?
2: My name is Jim Adams. I'm supervisory horticulturist for the White House division in the office of the National Park Service Liaison to the White House. So what does that entail? What what are your actual (laughs) responsibilities? Long title, a lot of responsibilities. So our division is responsible for all of the horticulture within the 18 acres of the White House grounds and also just on the outside on the sidewalks on the north and south side and the east side and everything inside the fence. So All horticultural assets for the White House fall under our jurisdiction.
1: So these are, in many cases, plants that have been here through multiple presidential administrations. When we were walking out here earlier, you pointed to some that uh, are centuries old, even. Uh,
2: Showed us a tree that Andrew Jackson had planted.
1: You yourself have not been here that long. How long have you been at the White
2: House? I've been here seven years. So I started right after this administration. And I'm actually one of the newer guys on the crew. Some of the crew members have been here 45 years. I've been here seven. um, And yes, we do maintain trees that are centuries old, many of which we don't even know how old they are. They predate any record. And we take care of everything from those to the seasonal plantings that come in and out to the lawn, to the house plants. So we do it all. What made you... Get into that kind of line of work in um, the first place. It's pretty much all I've ever wanted to do. I've always loved gardening, always loved being outside, working with plants. I've done it my whole life. What
1: was your first gardening experience? What was your first garden like?
2: Kind of taking over my parents' garden as a kid. Um, so you know, they had a landscape garden around their our suburban Detroit home, and I kind of took it over. And I think my parents thought it was a chore for me to you know to weed it and work out there, but ended up really loving it and expanding and expanding and expanding and until I moved away from home and had to rein it all in for them. So yeah, I've been gardening since a kid. Were you a horticulturist before yeah. this? Yes, yes. My whole professional career, I've been a horticulturist. I was at the National Arboretum for 12 and a half years. After that, I was the head horticulturist for the British Ambassador to the United States. Mm. So left the American government, worked for the British for a few years, and then came here.
1: How did you end up here at the White House
2: then? some friends of mine called and said, did you see what was listed in USA Jobs? And I said, no. And they said, well, the Supervisory Horticulture is for the White House, for the Park Service. My job that I've known existed for many years, but jobs here don't turn over very much. Mm -hmm. When I heard it was open, it was an opportunity I couldn't resist. They said it closes in two days. So I got my application in 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 two days' time. So positions like this one are not political appointments. Correct. So this position, the National Park Service staff serves the presidency through administrations so we serve every president Mm -hmm. how large is your staff how many people do you work Uh, a total staff is is 29 and the the people that do the day-to-day gardening here are 12 Uh, and is that true season in season out yes there is someone from the national park service staff on site 365 days of the year no matter what the weather we're here on holidays we're here on federal holidays every holiday throughout snowstorms, yeah we're here every day And those
1: staff members are planting, they're watering, they're pruning?
2: Yeah, so the garden staff, we don't just do the gardening here. We do take care of some of the facility because the grounds of the White House is a national park as well as the house itself. And so because we are on site, we're often called to do things that are beyond gardening tasks. We do everything from mowing, fertilizing, watering the lawns, caring for the trees, the shrubs the seasonal plantings, but we also have staff, like we have a mechanic who repairs our gardening equipment. We have an electrician because we take care of the lights on the property. We do all the snow removal. You know, sometimes we have to clean drains and we take care of the roadways and all the paving. There's a lot of paving around the grounds, most of it historic. So we have masons that do that. Um, Technically, all of this falls under horticulture? Falls under me. Yeah. Yeah. Most of our work is gardening work. But our job is to keep the White House grounds beautiful. Um, do you, in the seven years you've been here, have you found a favorite spot on the ground? One spot? That's a hard one. Um, I like lots of spots on the grounds. Um, yikes. One spot. Well, I don't really sit and savor spots on the grounds. Uh, y- They're all a matter of work and something that we do for others and a normalty I wouldn't think to sit in this garden. Of the formal gardens, um, I really like this garden, the Kennedy Garden. Can you tell us a little Um, about where we are? Yeah, so we're in the Kennedy Garden right now. This was uh, a garden that was put in in the Johnson administration and named for Jacqueline Kennedy, who had plans to renovate this garden and never was able to see them through. So Mrs. Johnson had this renovated and named it after her. So we're sitting in an arbor right now that was designed by I.M. Pei. It has been renovated since I.M. Pei put it in in 1964. The magnolia that we're sitting beneath lost a limb, I believe, in 1993 and damaged it, so it had to be repaired. Um, But what I like about this garden is that it does have a mix of formality and some casual plantings to it. You don't see a whole lot of formal plantings like we can see now with these topiary holly hedges on either side and we have the antique garden furniture set about and this is all very formal but then we have a very casual planting along the colonnade so that visitors that come into the White House can look in and see something very floriferous and, and, and flowery. It seems like a lot of
1: these spaces, these gardens, are governed by traditions that date back decades. How much of your work is about just maintaining and preserving those traditions and how much is about kind of bring something new, shaking things up?
2: Our job as the National Park Service is to preserve the historic cultural landscape of the White House. We follow the landscape design that was set forth by the Olmsted brothers in the Roosevelt administration. Franklin Roosevelt had the Olmsted brothers come in and look at the grounds and gave a a long-term plan for them. And they designed the South Roadway the way it is now. They were the ones who said that the formal fussy gardens should be up close to the house and the rest should be more pastoral with almost woodland-like edges by the fences down there. And they were the ones that set the historic view that goes from the Blue Room balcony all the way to the Jefferson Monument and had that view preserved with a 200-foot swath so that that view was always maintained. So we follow that historic cultural landscape. However... Because this is someone's home, the Park Service also has to give a, a pleasant experience to, to the families that live here. No matter who they are, it is their home and it's their yard, quote-unquote, so it's their space. So there are changes that happen that the family desires. There you know, Things as long ago as President Eisenhower putting in the, the first putting green, uh, presidential putting green, the Kennedy Garden that we're in now and the Rose Garden that, that the Kennedy administration put in in 1962. The Obamas the, put in the swing set outside the Oval Office. Um, Mrs. Obama put in the kitchen garden. So we have to support um, what they want to do, and we, we happily do that and support whatever the agenda of the current administration is. So um, so it's a, it's a fine line we walk to preserve that historic cultural landscape and also make it personal for the first family. Do you and your staff work on that kitchen garden that Michelle Obama put in? Yeah, the first lady wanted to put this garden in and wasn't sure if she could do it because it is a national park and a historic landscape and approached the National Park Service. And we said yes. And it was very important for the first lady for it to be near the public, so we put it close to the fence. When you look at the White House grounds, they definitely slopes down to the south. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons why the site was chosen for the house, so we needed a fairly flat area. So flat, close to the south fence line, and then they kept it out of the historic view. We honored the historic view from the south fence line, and so it was put just to the west, just out of that historic view, but still the public could see it, and it was on a fairly flat surface. Yeah. So it was it was a joint effort, um, and we were happy to support her, and um, been happy. I, I think the kitchen garden has been. An interesting and fun project for our staff because so many of the gardens, as you said, have been here such a long time, and this was something new. And I think some of the staff was unsure whether this would or could be successful and it hadn't been done, so no one really knew how to do it. So we worked with them, and I think a lot of the staff found it to be, the more we went, the more interesting it was and more fun, and and it was different. Because, so, like I said, so much of this has been done for so long. It was something different. Is there a typical day for you? I don't think there is a typical day here. The calendar changes so quickly. And we don't only react and take care of what the house needs are, but we also we, we have to react to the weather. Mm. I could plan to change a garden seasonal displays over one week and it pours rain and we can't. We have to get our work done around the president's schedule. We have to get our work done around the House schedule. We have to get our work done around the weather to, as well. And it's a lot of juggling. You have to be very flexible to work here. Um, all of our staff has to be very flexible. You know, when we interview people to come work here, we ask about their flexibility. If you if you, wanna, if you want a job where you know what you're going to do that day and you're going to come in and get it done every day, this is not the job for you. So uh, we, you have to be incredibly flexible to work here. It's like journalism
1: yeah (laughs) uh when you're dealing with or preparing to deal with with the weather do you get special intel from meteorological services or do you have to check your phone
2: like all the rest of us accuweather i religiously read capital weather gang accuweather um i die as many weather sources, and actually all the local news because it does vary i'm on weather a lot (laughs) i'm on weather a lot yes when do you get started in the morning when you arrive no, I get started before I, I arrive. Okay. Um, no, we, we're we on shifts here. The first person arrives at 5.30, last person arrives at 7.30, so we can have coverage from 5.30 till 4 on the grounds. My day starts when I wake up at 5 a.m. right away to any emails that came in overnight. Um, I'm available for my staff beginning 5 a.m., um, unless there's an emergency. So I basically start my day when I wake up, and then I am here on site by 7 a.m., and Technically, I could leave at 3.30, at but I'm rarely do I leave here on time.
1: One of the things that we've heard from a lot of White House people while doing this series is that they never really get to sign off or check out. Did you get to log off at the end of the day, or no. are you no, still I, checking email? I, my, until... No,
2: I, I stop checking email sometime mid-evening. It's like, okay, this is just... This is a, a, a government email coming out or it's someone like who's working late just cleaning things up that doesn't need a response right away. But I do check email through the evening and then uh, but my phone is always on. I've had calls in the middle of the night that there's been a broken irrigation line, a tree limb has fallen, a tree has fallen. So my phone is on um, all night. So my in case of an emergency, um, the usher's office um, Secret Service know that I'm reachable at all times. So I don't turn the phone off. I do make sure that I get at least one vacation a year where I turn it off and I can leave it at home. Uh, you need that. And I have someone acting for me who, who then does have his on 24-7. all times. When you look at your email first thing in the morning... So, yeah,
1: I'll turn it off. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Speaking of emails, I'll turn that off. <laughs> when you do look at your email first thing in the morning, what kinds of requests or issues are you
2: dealing with at that time? Typically, it's a change of something for the day in the schedule for the day, or a confirmation of that something's coming up in that day. Can you confirm that this will happen? So it's usually those types of emails. And there's a lot of them, or requests for meeting that day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You uh, are wearing
1: a park ranger uniform?
2: Uh, do you wear park that ranger. every day? I do. Sometimes if I have business off-site that I don't need to be in the uniform, I don't. Yeah.
1: So was that uh, issued to you when you started? Yep. How many of them do you have? Did there are multiple. Uh... I just
2: got a. I just got a new a new shipment, so I have a lot. Because we have a dress uniform, I have field uniforms. Because I, I'm technically like, I'm the highest ranking Park Service person here, on the grounds, um, but I don't sit in my office. So to be in a dress uniform doesn't work for me. So I have to, I wear a field uniform. In the course of a day, besides answering emails, I will be writing memos. I will be doing personnel actions. I will be in meetings with people from all agencies, all levels. And I will be also outside watering, weeding, mowing, weed whipping, emptying trash. So I could be doing any of those in the course of a day.
1: Is there anything that you take special
2: pleasure in, in this job? Well, I love weeding. So I, uh, whether it be here or at home, uh, weeding is my favorite gardening task. So I um, because even if if I have a few minutes, I know I can make something look better by pulling a few weeds. It <laughs> uh, sounds crazy, but
1: you're a person who clearly loves plants. and spend a lot of your life in gardens. When you are on your way to do some other task, you ever find that you're kind of drawn in by a weed that has? Oh to yeah, get no, no. That's
2: something? I. I often have weeds in my pocket on the way to a meeting, on the way to and from. You know, inside I will stop and weed. Yeah, no, it's. I bet probably anybody here could tell you that. Yeah. <laughs>
1: What do you look out for most when you're walking the grounds?
2: A weed that's going to seed. Because if they go to seed, then you got problems next year. So you want to beat the weeds that are going to seed. So if there's something that's not in seed, it can wait till the next time. But if something's in seed or, you know, in flower or going to seed, I try to get it out.
1: You've been listening to White House horticulturalist Jim Adams. In the section coming up, Adams tells us about the international reverberations of his work on the White House grounds. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment
0: and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com.
1: Do your responsibilities and your staff's responsibilities change as the seasons do? Are there Mm -hmm. different
2: things that you have to look out for, different things you have to prepare for with those shifts? Absolutely. Our busiest season is the summer because our gardens are A little bit different from most gardens. We don't just plant them in the spring and leave them. Our gardens have to look good all the time. So we can't afford to have something that is not in flower, that's not showy. So for instance, you can't plant lilies and have them out in your garden and then when they're done flowering you just deadhead them and leave the foliage for the rest of the year because A they're they're not that big and we can't afford it. And B eyes of the world are on our gardens all the time. And So we are constantly changing them out. So when the lilies are done, they go out and something else comes in. Because we make them as showy as possible, we don't necessarily give them the best cultural requirements. So something that requires full sun, we will put in a lightly shaded situation because it looks so good at the time. They're all about how they look. So those things that do well in full sun will eventually start declining. So they will come out. So we, were, we are constantly changing our gardens around and around and around throughout the growing season. I, I would say we're bringing something in and out every week, but definitely every two weeks. And when you plant something new, you got have to get it established. So there's lots of watering and weeding and pruning. And that will go on up until right now. So um, mid-September, when the summer gardens come out, and we'll change it over for a fall display. And it will be lots and lots of mums. Lots of chrysanthemums, fall asters, fall salvias, um, and a few other fall blooming um, annuals that look really nice through a light frost, that could take a light frost. Those will stay in until right about the first week of November. And then once Thanksgiving comes, it's Christmas. And we set up all the Christmas trees. And all the outdoor Christmas decorations. So like all the wreaths and the garlands on the gates and and the exterior of the house. So we are always here the Friday after Thanksgiving and work to set up Christmas trees and decorations. And then throughout Christmas, we're really busy with actually leaf season, getting the leaves up that have fallen and continuing to maintain Christmas trees. So we have to keep them watered. We have to keep them straight. And once they're decorated and start to dry up a little bit, sometimes they lean. So we're running in the house constantly to straighten trees, to move trees, keeping them watered. So Christmas is a busy season for us. And right around that same time is snow season. So I was going to ask, we've, we've been battered during your time here by <laughs> oh, some yeah. <laughs> yeah. pretty
1: brutal snowfalls, including... Uh, Snowmageddon. Yeah, and, and this year as well, right. uh, we had one in January or February, right? Yeah. Uh, how does that kind of event affect your work? Yeah. Uh,
2: it affects it quite a bit because, well, they actually, when I took this job, one thing that I didn't like about it was the snow removal. I have I'm from Michigan. I have no problem with snow removal. I can do it, but uh, I always said I'm a horticulturist. I don't I don't need to be removing. Snow. I have plenty to do in winter because there's always stuff to do. And I was like, then someone said, oh, we don't get that much snow here. <laughs> and then uh, 2009, 10, we had a major snowstorm in December of 09, which was really rare. And then the two back-to-back storms in February. But we do all the snow removal on the grounds, me and my crew. And uh, most, mostly my crew. Uh, no, I do it too, but they, they, they do a lot. Um, and um, it's a lot of work because... This place never shuts down. Like, we're not a park that can say, okay, we're going to close our gates, and when it's over, we're going to clean it up, and we're going to open again. We're open. We're open 24 7. And we always have to be prepared for a motorcade. We always have to be prepared for, you know, senior staff coming in and out of our gates. You're we have cleaning to. Cleaning the
1: snow from the moment it starts falling. We, then, I assume. The
2: minute we let it accumulate to about. Maybe a quarter inch, maybe a half inch if it's coming fast. And once that's there, we clear until it's over.
1: You have a lot of equipment on hand. We have a lot
2: of equipment on hand for the roadways, but a lot of the areas that you see around you now, like in these gardens, is by hand. We do use some snow blowers where we can, but there's a lot of areas we can't. So really, once it starts to accumulate until the storm is over and it's cleaned up, we are out here pushing snow, whether it be by equipment or by hand. And it's all hands on deck for it. The uniform you're wearing right now is at least partially wool, right? Uh, is that what you wear yeah. when you're out shoveling yeah, snow? Yeah, partially wool or partially polyester, yep. Both are warm materials, and they keep you warm. Yeah.
1: What about other kinds of special events, like uh, during the government shutdown, for example? Uh, did you
2: have staff on hand here? Yeah, like like most federal agencies, we had some emergency employees that worked. We basically kept things alive. We, we kept, kept the plants alive. We didn't mow. We didn't collect leaves. Um, we didn't weed. Um, well, I, I was one of the, I, I can't pass weeds, but, um, <laughs> we, uh, you know, but we didn't have any major weeding projects, no collecting leaves, no, no mowing, no pruning. It was basically to keep for health and safety. So we also, we empty, um, trash throughout the complex. So that, that's a healthy health and safety issue. So we empty trash and kept sidewalks clear for safety issues to make sure that inside the fence, the workers and the public on Pennsylvania Avenue were not at risk from collecting leaves or anything. So we kept those clean and we kept the plants alive.
1: Do you ever interact with the presidential pets? I know that they're out here on the grounds.
2: Well, I do. Yes, they are out on the grounds quite a bit. Dale Haney, who is the superintendent of grounds, who is our co-worker who works for the executive residence, one of his duties is, is to watch over the pets. So uh, oftentimes, Dale and I will be walking the grounds and discussing things, you know, what has to get done, talking about events, you know, doing some planning, and, and the dogs are there. Occasionally, one of our carts that we have that we use around the grounds, one of the dogs will jump on. They like to... That happened once, and I was I was bringing up a small cushman load of bulbs up to this garden here, and Bo jumped on, <laughs> and I and I just looked at Dale. He's like, "Go, it's okay, just be careful." And it's like, "Okay." He's like, "And because yeah, he, he drove up here with him, with me on the cart, and, and in the passenger seat, because we work so closely with Dale, we do see the dogs quite a bit, uh, occasionally, you know, throw balls for him and um, or sticks." Apart from the uh, presidential pets, are there
1: other animals uh, on the grounds here that you see or interact with? We we have some mosquitoes flying
2: around us right now, but... We have a lot of great animals on the grounds. Um, We do have a really interesting population of birds here. I can tell you my second interview for this job, when I came to the grounds, the man who hired me and Dale Haney were walking the grounds, and a cooper's hawk swooped down within, like, two feet of us, like, right in front of me, and, like, glided across the lawn and wow. it kind of startled me and it and so from the from my first visit here I, I knew that we had some pretty nice birds here um we also have some interesting woodpeckers here i've seen snipe on the grounds about a month ago i saw a little bird on the north grounds i'd never seen before and photographed it and looked it up and it was a an american red start hmm. and we occasionally have a fox that passes through the grounds because there are foxes on the national mall and in the parks around here that They seem to get through the fence, and they pass through every now and again. Um, Not a whole lot, but every now and again. There's ducks every spring. There are ducks that nest either in Lafayette Park or on the ellipse, and they make their way across the grounds. And it's not an uncommon spring to have ducks and ducklings in our fountains. Mm -hmm. And what we do then is we put actually ramps into the fountains so that they can get out. Because they can hop over the edge and get in the pond, but they can't get out into the fountain. So we, we put down ramps so they can get in and out. So, yeah, there's some fun wildlife here and lots of squirrels. They're our biggest headache when it comes. People always ask, what is your biggest pest problem in the kitchen garden? And it's the squirrels because they like they like to taste tomatoes and eat peppers and dig. And so they're they're probably our biggest problem down there. But um, some interesting wildlife for being in the heart of the city. Um, have you ever interacted with the first family themselves? Is that ever part of your, your job? Well, actually, three weeks ago for the anniversary of the National Park Service, my staff and I got to meet the president out in front of the Oval Office in the Rose Garden, and um, he he thanked us and shook all of our hands, and we got a photo with him. So we got to interact with him then. Oh, occasionally, when we're working in the Rose Garden in the mornings, the president will come out and we will walk past and say, "Good morning, guys. Nice job, or thanks for your work." And that's pretty cool. Um, you don't. That's not something everyone can say in their job. So occasionally, but. You know, does he come out and, like, talk to us and, you know, hang out? No. (laughs) Um, But uh, we we do, you know, get to see him occasionally, and, and he does say hello. It's been a privilege to be able to work with the First Lady when she has kids in the kitchen garden for harvests and plantings, we help set that up. And so we're down there with the First Lady, you know, and she'll say thanks for everything and, you know, looks great. So we do see them occasionally. It's not a daily occurrence, but it's really uh, an honor when we do. So that's my experience. I know some of my staff that has been here for many years, you know, said that there are some presidents that will come out and, and chat here and there. Um, depends on the president's personality and some that don't interact at all and, some that says some that do so yeah yeah, depends on on the president did
1: you or uh or your staff do anything else special for the uh, park service anniversary
2: yeah so on the anniversary day itself we set up some tables on the north grounds and passed out cupcakes to sell you know our birthday cakes um and gave out some information and engaged with the the visitors to the white house to make sure that they knew that they were in a national park that's what we did on the, the day of, and that was that was really fun to be able to interact one-on-one with the visitors and really make sure that they knew about their national parks and celebrate with them. Do you know, why is this area, this space,
1: uh, framed as a national park? Why is it classified that way?
2: The National Park Service has been involved with the grounds maintenance since the Franklin Roosevelt administration. So back around the time of the Olmsted Landscape Plan, we became involved in the care of the grounds. We became an official National Park during the Kennedy administration because it is the National Park Service mission to preserve the cultural historic national icons and there's nothing more iconic than the White House and the grounds. So we're, the the question that we have asked almost everyone in this series what it
1: feels like to be working here in the last six months or so of this administration. From your perspective, though, uh, do things feel at all different?
2: Or is it just sort of business as usual right now? The last six months, I think, has gotten busier for us. Um, We're here to serve the president and do whatever they need us to do for their agenda. And I think as they ramp up, their time is winding down, but they're trying to we make sure they accomplish everything they want to accomplish. So I think the uh, activities are, are picking up. So because we're a partner with all those activities, it's getting busier for us as well. And I don't expect that to change through the end of this administration or the beginning of the next. So I, I just think we're going to be, you know, probably busier than we would say, you know, a year or two into an administration or you know in the middle of an administration. Will you and your team be involved in the transition? Oh yeah, we will. Um, I have not been here for a transition, but we are here to serve this family, and we are here to serve the next family, and we will. You know, we don't know who that is yet, and we don't know what they're going to want. So we will make sure that both happen to the best of our ability. So, do
1: you see yourself staying in this role moving ahead? Absolutely. We're in an environment that has where almost every decision that gets made has huge geopolitical ramifications uh, huge consequences in one way or another does that experience that knowledge uh, of all those kind of heavy deep powerful decisions being made shape what it's like to kind of work these gardens
2: oh oh absolutely you know we also know what goes on in these buildings and like it goes into our daily planning and consciousness of how we work like we don't want to be outside the Oval Office pruning the shrubs while the president's, you know, inside meeting with world leaders. So we get that stuff done beforehand so that it is, you know, we try to be discreet. Mowing the, the center panel out in the South Lawn, you know, you can only be so discreet. But, you know, and we know there's events or press conferences going on inside that our work revolves around. And also, like, I'll be at home, I'll be listening to the news, and I'll be like, oh, there's gonna be a press conference tomorrow, be ready for that one. And sure enough, you know, get an email, press conference tomorrow, have so many chairs, you know. So both personally and professionally, I think I'm more aware than I used to be of what's going on in the world because it affects what we do.
1: Does it affect what you plant?
2: We plant our gardens to be as beautiful as they can for for the president and for what's going on here and the millions of people that see it. It's not just for him and for what's going on, but you know, what we do is on the news and it's seen by people all around the world. And actually when just now I I remember once I was on vacation and I was in Thailand and I was at a hotel watching the news and it was the day of the State of the Union address. And there was a, a photo of the president was walking through the Rose Garden and all I could think of was, oh my God, my my rose pruning job is being seen around the world. (laughs) I'm halfway around the world and the job we did in the rose garden is being seen. And then we have people tour the house every day. I mean, they walk through the house, they see our east colonnade, they go through the house, they look through the windows, they see our grounds, they look through the north portico, they see our fountains, they see our shrubs. So, you know, we're here to make beautiful gardens to really make America proud. I don't think there's any public garden that's viewed as much as this garden and that's how my staff and I garden them. Thank you so much for taking the time to
1: talk to us today. You're welcome. Thanks Thanks for coming. was delightful. Thanks. Thanks for listening to this episode of Working. I'm Jacob Brogan. Mickey Capper and I are so grateful that we were able to share this special season of working, uh, working at the White House with you. We've got more coming up that we're excited to share. But in the meantime, if you liked what we tried to do here, if you enjoyed this exploration of the sort of working cultures at the White House, we would love it if you would rate and review the show on iTunes and share your favorite episodes with people on social media. Share it with your friends in real life. Uh, you know, share it with uh, your hairdresser with uh, anyone that you talk to about podcasts. Spread the word. Um, we would be so grateful if you would do that. We've loved bringing this to you and we hope that you have loved listening to it. Um, we would also love to hear your thoughts about the podcast. Our email address is working at slate.com, and uh, we do listen and we try to respond uh, as much as possible to those messages. Um, they mean a lot to us. You can listen to all seven seasons of the show at slate.com slash working. Um, this series, Working at the White House, was produced by me and Mickey Capper. Mickey also edits the show. Thanks to Afim Shapiro, who has been uh, an invaluable help throughout. Uh, special thanks for this episode to Jenny and from the Park Service, who helped bring this episode together. Our executive producer is Steve Lichtai, and the chief content officer of the Panoply Network is Andy Bowers. And again, thank you so much for listening.